Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We're in a series called To Be Continued. And the idea for this, or what we're wanting to do with this, is we're looking back thousands of years ago, okay, right after the Gospels. So if you're not familiar with the Bible, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the four books of the Bible that talk a lot about what Jesus did when he was on earth, the things that he was uh, uh, saying, teaching, the miracles that he was a part of, uh, kind of the movement that he started. And the movement that he started was called the church. See, now, thousands of years later, we call church what we go to on Sunday, right? Or, or, or the heart church is a local group of people, and that is called a church. But back then, what church meant, what church was meant to signify is the movement on earth of what God was doing through his plan of what Jesus did. That's what was referred to as the church. So throughout today, when I talk about the growth of the church, that is that movement, right? Capital C, church. The church that Jesus meant to start, the movement that he tried to start, not the building, but the movement of what God is doing. And so, and, and I, and I want to look at that, but I, I always want to bring things as, as much as we can to a practical standpoint, right? It, it's, not, it, it's great to educate and inform, and, and that can be good for our faith, but I always want to make sure we're taking it to what can we do with this, Right? How does this affect my life? How does this affect my week? Is this going to help me in, uh, 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 in my faith? Is this going to help me in my marriage? Or are we just learning things? And maybe, just maybe, we can do both today. Last week, we started off this series talking about when Jesus, Jesus knew his end was coming, okay? Jesus knew his end was coming, and he knew that what he wanted was not just for everything he did to be made famous, but for what he did to keep on growing after him. See, it wasn't Jesus' goal to make history. It was Jesus' goal to create a movement that would go far beyond when he was gone. And we know that that's the case because last week we talked about a piece uh, of scripture, a verse where Jesus says, soon I'm going to be gone and it's going to be better for you that I'm gone. It's going to be better for you that I'm not gone because the advocate or who we might know or refer to as the Holy Spirit, the advocate can come and the advocate will guide you in life. So we said it was, it was better, according to Jesus, it was better that he go because he is just one person, one man who can only be at one place at one time. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit that came can be everywhere at once. We all have access to the Holy Spirit. And so today I, I want to dig into a little bit more about the growth of the church. How, how on earth did something that happened 2,000 years ago that the, the leader of the movement came to the end of his life very quickly. That's a really nice way of saying he was murdered. The, the leader of the movement was murdered. Less than three years into starting this movement, how on earth could that movement have, have lasted thousands of years to grow to be one of the most popular movements on the face of the planet? How is that possible? One of the elements I want to talk about today and look at today, because if you look through the book of Acts and read through the book of Acts, which is right after the Gospels in the Bible, 
you get a good glimpse of a lot of the things that the followers of Jesus, the followers of this way, this new way of approaching faith, of approaching God, how they interacted with each other and how they interacted with their faith. And so we're going to talk about something today that we teach toddlers. They might be talking about today in, uh, in Heart Kids if your kids are in there. Give me something we teach toddlers. Just they, they, they have to what? They're supposed to what? Anybody? Okay, listen. Very good. They also should wash your hands. This guy gets it. Okay. If they're with somebody else and they have a toy, what should they do? What should they do? They should share. Should they? <laughs> You're supposed to share. If you grew up, did anybody grow up in a family where with you had, there was more than one brother or sister? Or you had at least one brother or sister? Okay. If you were the oldest, keep your hand up. Okay. These are my people. You're the youngest. We're aiming at you today. No, not really. I want to talk about sharing. You're supposed to share, supposed to in quotes. You should share, should in quotes. But I want to talk about sharing today. And hopefully, hopefully it's, uh, it's not going to be perspective you've never heard before. Sharing has been a part of how we all grew up. Even if you were an only child growing up, the concept of sharing came about very young. And I think I know why it comes up. Right? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a child psychologist. I think I know why it comes up early because we inherently are very selfish people. Everyone, all of us. You don't have to, you don't have to teach a, a, a toddler, a baby to say no. You don't have to teach a toddler or a baby to say mine, right? Some of us just this last week said things like no and mine <laughs> and we're not toddlers. It reminded me, and, and I don't know if I've told this story before, and I hate repeating stories, but it's such a good one. So I have a younger brother. Um, uh, he is about two and a half years younger than me. Uh, and uh, when, we were, when we were young, I don't, re I, don't remember, um, uh, I don't remember being told I have to share, okay? And I'm saying that my cousin, because my parents are here. Um, I don't remember being told I have to share, but I remember sharing things with my brother. We shared a room together, sharing my space. I'm such a generous big brother, I would share my space with him. And uh, I remember one time, uh, does anybody have a problem? You know what, don't raise your hand. If you have a problem sharing your food, we're gonna be getting into that a little bit. So maybe this is your counseling session today. I don't know, it's usually mine, but maybe it's yours. I never liked sharing my food. I never used to like sharing my food. I was the kind of person who, kind of obnoxiously too, would say something like, if you want fries, I'll order, you, I'll order you a large fry. I would rather, just to prove a point, you know what I mean, these people? I would prove a point by saying, I'll order you a large fry rather than letting you take two French fries out of my, is it, you know anybody like that? Maybe you're not that person, but you know someone like that, you know what I mean? And so I thought it was funny, and I still... <laughs> And I still think 10-year-old me is hilarious for doing this, okay, is I would tell my brother, do you want some fries? And he would say yes. I said, do you want to share my fries? And he would say yes. And I would hand him the empty box of fries. I had already finished them. <laughs> uh, it's a good big brother move in case any of you are big brothers. It's a good big brother move. And I remember doing that, and I thought it was so funny. So I, was, I said, here, you can have my... You can have some of my fries. I want to share these with you. And, you know, joke landed, you know, pranked. 
And then uh, this, we were in the back seat. And I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. They leaned back and say that, you know, basically something to the effect of that wasn't cool. Um, how much of your burger do you have left? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't think this through. I had to give him the rest of my Big Mac probably is what it was. It's a real tra it's, it's very scarring. A lot of traumatic memories I have of that. I don't know why that's such a distinct memory, but I thought, what a good joke ruined by some parents who wanted to make sure I wasn't being mean or rude to my little brother. There's something about a, a, an older sibling, right, that, that maybe even if you're not an older sibling or, or you don't have an older sibling, maybe you've seen movies where a lot of times the older sibling is, being, is, is told to take care of your little brother, right? You, you can get your head around that idea. Take care of your little sister. Look out for your little brother. Look out for your little sister. Look out for your little cousins. Look out for people that are smaller than you is kind of the idea, right? Look out for people who don't know as much as you. Take care of the people around you who can't do as much as you can do. And there's somewhere along the lines, there's somewhere along in life where that idea changes. That idea doesn't become as important. We might not have an issue telling a two-year-old who is obviously hoarding and hogging these four toys to say, okay, if you're not going to play with all four, you should share those. And be careful. I'm not going where you think I'm going with all of this. <laughs> Easy. We wouldn't have a problem telling a toddler, maybe you can share some of those things that you're not doing. But we definitely, I would never, ever tell an adult, maybe you should share. What if you shared what you have? So what I want to look at today, uh, you, I think you know where I'm going with this particular verse, is a particular verse. This is early in the start of the church, okay? Now, I have to say before I get into this, and I'll probably say it again at the end, this is, uh, this is I just hate this is the world we're living in. There is no stance that I'm making here. This is, I'm just going to read from here and talk about how this applies to our faith only, okay? All right, so this is Acts chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 32 through 35. This is the New Living Translation. And this talks about the way that the believers, the followers of Jesus' way, the way they would interact with each other. The way they would interact with each other. So let's check this out. This is verses 32 through 35. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that they, what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessings was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. There were no needy people among them. Because what they would do is they would share what they had. They shared everything they had. Now, I wish, I wish that... I could speak to you from this position of, I share everything that I have, so that's what you should do too. But that's not the case. My, my journey isn't, I am a 100% sharer, and I would just wish you guys could get on my level. That's not how it works. What I want for you today, this is what I want for myself, what I want for you today is to feel challenged in your faith. To look at sharing what you have from a spiritual perspective. Sharing your 
time sharing your generosity, sharing your hope, sharing your faith, maybe letting somebody borrow your car, sharing your clothes. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what challenges you and what doesn't. For some of you, it might be super easy to, 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 to buy a meal and share the resources that you have with someone else. Some of you might be very difficult to have some possessions that you've worked so hard for and to think to share those. Why would I share something that I have worked hard for and paid for? All of these are valid points. So at the end of this, I'm not going to tell you that you're supposed to or should do anything. What I want to look at is that one of the things that the authors of the Bible chose to include as they talked about the early growth and expansion of the church, the church that would sustain for thousands of years one of the elements of this kind of community that they chose to talk about and highlight to put in the Holy Scripture is they shared what they had with each other. Even if I don't agree, I can't disagree that it's right here. Out of all the things to talk about, out of all the character traits that they could have shared, that these people could have had, that they could have talked about right here, that these people could have had, they chose to talk about this in particular. Now, there are other things that the believers did. Talks about the, the believers, how, what they would pray for. They used to pray, they would pray for boldness. They prayed to be bold. And here it talks about a, a, a group of people, a community of people, who chose to look after each other, who chose to look around and say, who needs what? Who needs what? And that, man, that, that is the challenge that I'm going to have for y'all today, for myself as well, is what if we did something that thousands of years ago, the early people said, how can we keep this going? How can we get this, this way of life, this way to approach faith, this way that Jesus showed us, taught us, revolutionized the way people can interact with the creator of the universe. How do we keep this going? How can we continue to do this day after day, even though Jesus is gone? And yeah, they had the apostles and they had some of the, 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 the leaders that were around Jesus, but they were missing Jesus. Say, how do we keep this going? We have to look out for each other. Now, I know this is, this is tough, and, and, and especially in kind of the way that we live life. I was watching a, a movie the other day, big surprise. I was watching a movie the other day, and this little girl was asking her dad, Dad, what were you doing last night? He said, I was working. I was helping my career. She said, is that a good thing? And he said, yeah, sometimes you have to look out for yourself. And the little girl says, well, grandma says you have to look out for others. And he said, yeah, you have to do that too. That's why everyone's so busy all the time. <laughs> These people, they were looking after each other. So I wrote a few things down that uh, uh, I want you guys to write down if you're taking notes. The, ch the church, church capital C, the church sustained through trouble by doing what we teach toddlers to do. Well, sometimes we force toddlers to do it. Maybe that's why when toddlers grow up, they don't want to share because they were forced to do it. That's why we don't like vegetables. Stop forcing us to eat vegetables. My parents still force me to eat vegetables. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the church sustained through trouble by doing what we teach toddlers to do. Now, I have to say this, though. 
when it comes to sharing, got to hang with me here in this, okay? When it comes to sharing, sharing, because sometimes if if you've been here before on on a Sunday or, or if you remember earlier, there's a few things that we do on a Sunday morning that are elements every single Sunday, okay? One of them is we sing. Singing is one of the ways that we worship God. One of, the, one of the things you'll hear a few of us do throughout a Sunday is we'll pray. One of the things we do also on Sundays is we practice generosity. Some of us call it tithing. Some of us call it giving. Some of us call it donations. Whatever you call it, there is an element where we are saying, here is something I'm willing to part with. Here's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Now, I talk about it all the time, and I might sound like a broken record, and I hope I do, because what makes all of those elements so precious, what makes all of those different things matter, the only thing, in my opinion, the only thing that makes them matter is if you choose to do them. If you are forced to do them, it doesn't matter. It's not helping you. It's not helping anybody. But if you choose to do it, then it impacts your soul and your faith at the deepest level. No matter how long the prayer is, (laughs) no matter if you can sing well or not. See, guilt doesn't drive sharing, but love does. So if at the end of this message, there is some sort of guilt that you feel, I, I, I want you to know that that is not my intention, and that doesn't come from me, because there is no guilt, there is no supposed to, there is no have to. You can if you want to, because when you choose to share, if you choose to share, if you don't, live your life, do your thing. Bless you, God, bless you. But if you choose to share, if you do share, make sure, make sure, and you know your heart. I I mean, I can't judge your heart. Nobody else can judge your heart. Only you know what's in your heart, right? If you're going to share, make sure you are choosing to share. What would that look like to choose to share? Have some, uh, some good friends of ours, Jason and Jackie. They have a couple of kids, Hosanna and Jackson. And this was so funny. This was, I mean, we've known them for years. So this is years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, maybe. Their kids were tiny, tiny, tiny. And it was the first time I had ever heard a parent. And I, told, I, I did tell them I was going to be talking about them today. It was the first time I had heard the kid, you know, their kids were arguing. Hosanna, she's the older sister. And then Jackson, the younger brother, and they're arguing about something. And Jackson said, Something to the effect of, she won't share. Hosanna won't share. And I remember, this, I'm just, you know, I'm just listening to it. And I remember, it was either Jason or Jackie said, well, Hosanna, do you want to share that with him? And Hosanna said, no. And they said, okay, well, she doesn't have to. And I was like, you guys are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Kids get a choice? Since when? It was so powerful to me. That was years ago, almost a decade ago, and it's the first thing that came to my mind this week when I was going to talk about sharing. What a powerful message. Do you want to share? No? Then don't. Who are you helping? Who are you helping by sharing when you don't want? You know what a good, uh, you know what a, a, a pretty predictable outcome is for sharing when you don't want to? Resentment. 
A great way to resent your faith is to do things you think you're supposed to do and never want to. That's a surefire way to resent your faith and walk away. But what if, what if we said, okay, here's some things I'm going to choose to do. I'm going to try to do this. What could that change? What could that change in your life? What could that change in your faith? If you said something as simple as, okay, you can have two fries, please. Yes, you can have a little bit of the spicy ketchup too. They only gave me two, but that should be enough for the rest of the french fries. Anybody else Whataburger fans? Okay. Last thing I want you to uh, write down if you're taking notes is being forced to share is not sharing. That is not sharing. Sharing is a choice. And it's a choice I'm going to challenge you with this week or maybe just today. But here's what I, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to wait for someone to ask for help. Because the world we live in, at least around the people I know, people hate asking for help. Okay, show of hands, and I want you to be honest. If you have a little bit of a problem asking for help, can you put your hand up and leave it there just for a second? Okay. Rest of you, I get why you didn't put it up. You don't want help, right? I got it. Why do we have a problem asking for help? Why? Because we don't want people to think we can't handle life? Because we don't want people to think that we can't do it on our own? Maybe we don't want us to think that we can't do it on our own? So I'm telling you this is, if you're waiting for someone to ask for help, to be the kind of people who share, to be the kind of people in Acts 4 who take care of the people around them, to take care of their community. If we're waiting for people to ask, then it's not going to happen. So my challenge for you today, this week, look around you and say, who needs what? Who needs what? Who do I know? Who do I know that needs something? What can I share? Can you share your home? Can you share some of your resources with the people around you? Can you share your clothes? I thought about something. This, was, this is kind of cool, at least for me. There's a, there's a, a piece down here that says, Those were, there, there were no needy people among them. Those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring money to the apostles to give to those in need. What an easy scripture for me to switch that around and say, see, you should sell your land and home and bring money to the heart, right? But we don't have any systems in place to help clothe people and to help find people housing. But there are organizations in San Marcos that do that. And it made me think, I just, I love to be a church, to be a community that partners with people who are already doing these things in the city. See, isn't that interesting that Christianity doesn't own sharing? <laughs> There are so many organizations in this very small city that are not Christian-based that are looking out for people in this city. So sharing doesn't make you more or less Christian. <laughs> this idea of sharing and taking care around us, it is deep within us as humanity. So where I'm coming at today is I want to bring you a spiritual challenge. 
is not to be the only people around you that, that share your life, that share your hope, that share what you have, but to look at our spiritual ancestors, right? The people who needed to hold on so desperately to what Jesus had built that they were willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to continue on. Are we willing to do not even whatever it takes, just a little bit of sharing with the people around us? I don't know. I want to. I want to do that. There are times where I think of myself as a very generous person. If I see you out and about town at a coffee shop, there is a 99.9% chance that I will buy your coffee. But if you take the last diet soda from my fridge, we're going to have problems. <laughs> so maybe I'm not as generous as I think. Maybe there's room for me to grow in my generosity. What about you? Do you have room to grow in your generosity? Do you have room to grow in you looking out for the people around you? And this, uh, again, this can't, none of this can come from guilt. This can't be about guilt. This can't be, uh, you know, you look around the people that, or maybe that you live with, or the, uh, around the people that you work with, or around uh, your, 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 your kids' friends' parents. Who needs what? Not a handout, right? Not charity. Nobody wants charity. But how can we look after each other? How can we take care for each other? That's what I want to challenge you with. That's what I want to challenge myself with. Myself with. Who around me needs what? Love, prayer, a text. That's how easy it is to share hope. That's how easy it is to share love. Is a text, a phone call. Let's do that. Let's do that today. Let's do that just for the week and see how our faith, how our faith expands, how our faith grows. If you could close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads, I want to pray with you this morning. God, we are so grateful to be your people. God, Jesus showed us a way to love and care for each other. Jesus looked out for people that were less than him, that had less than him. God, and I pray that we would be the kind of people who would challenge ourselves to take care of our community, who would challenge ourselves to love people who aren't very lovable, that we would challenge ourselves to share hope with the people around us, to share our joy with the people around us, and to share our faith with the people around us. We love you, God. We thank you for today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. 
And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Music